All right, guys. Three bucks. One day. One day same tree. Same tree. Oh my God. I'm so Woo! Holy shit! Get a shot of these. Two farms this year. Number one is done. Did you say bye, Kevin? I did. I already did. Bye, Kevin. Bye, Kevin. Bye, Kevin. Smoke it, buddy. Look at that. You destroyed it. The shop is closing up. Make sure he takes all his right handlers. All right, guys, we are here, Deer Shop Podcast, presented by Simon Brothers Outdoors and the Leaky Jumbo Company, and we are talking about the biggest deer that any of us have ever seen, shot, and or killed. It's on the wall behind me here, Freak Daddy. Um, Luke killed him December 6th? Yeah. December 6th, 2009, and we've never actually done a video or put the story out there it was before we were recording a lot of video kind of here and there a little bit just kind of dabbling with it um i think we were more concerned with chasing girls at the time than making hunting videos but uh it was the biggest deer that any of us have ever hunted um we got three new guests today we got ryan anthony and alex here with us and they were heavily involved with this whole thing they actually uh they're the reason this whole story actually kind of started. It actually was more in their ball field than ours for a while. So uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be fun. Um, we'll try to keep it within an hour, hopefully. But there's a lot of stories here. Not a lot of overlay video. We got a lot of pictures, but this is all storytelling. And it was not a, a long of, time ago. Yeah, a long time <laughs> ago. Not a lot of story watching. But uh, basically, this all began in the 2007 deer season, um, which was... A long time ago ancient history but uh alex was still in high school i just graduated yeah i still had a year left and you guys were definitely both still in high school how were you anthony back then? <laughs> 59 <laughs> all right so uh 2007 when this started uh there actually is a very i would say nonchalant beginning to the story it wasn't like this deer was on anyone's radar uh back then we were all running maybe one or two trail cameras we had just kind of got into the digital trail camera age if i remember correctly so we got out of like 35 millimeter film you know develop at walmart cameras and had bought these huge they're massive uh digital trail cameras we each had like one or two i think i was only around one or two i don't know how many you guys I just had, had one but, yeah, yeah. were they take just the one batteries didn't they yeah first? they were c batteries yeah <laughs> and they last like a couple of weeks on batteries if that and Memory cards were just, I think your guys just took like a special memory card, if I remember now correctly. Wasn't it like a huge one? Yeah. Like some it massive. Was. And I had to have a separate reader for it yeah, to like plug a, into the It was computer. like a pita chip size. Like. Yeah. It's a little bit smaller than a floppy disk. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a different time. No cell cams and, uh, I mean, cell phones weren't even that advanced. We had no iPhones or nothing back then. No, so flip was, phone. Yeah, yeah, it was really hard. You couldn't just like whip out your iPhone and take 4K video of something you saw no. on the side of the road. I mean, this is all word of mouth back then, but... Yeah, our self-facing cameras would have more megapixels than the yeah. ones that those yep. had. Yep, And then you're just, like, trying to get video. It was rough, <laughs> but... Uh, we did a little bit of video back then, but it was definitely not in the heyday of our video, but... So, this story basically starts... I'm going to give the floor to Ryan on this one. Um, youth season, 2007... Uh, back when we were just using Mossberg 500s and single shot shotguns and Open Carhartts side. and Walmart vests and 
open sight yeah 20 gauge mossberg 500 irons and uh it was youth season so this guy was not necessarily freak daddy yet yeah that's the shed from that year so this was uh actually what i saw as he came running up from uh some antlers uh we were rattling he came running up the ridge and he popped out on the top of the ridge about probably 50 55 yards from me and uh, i was right on the top of a ravine ridge woods and an enclosed field and i started popping off a couple rounds and yeah, as youth hunters do. I had five. <laughs> I'll always remember I had five slugs in my sleeve on the stock of the shotgun. That's all I brought out. That's all you should need, you know. Two, yeah. That should be too many shots. And I unloaded three at him, and, and he was just standing there unaware of, you know, where these shots are coming from. And I loaded up the last two, and I took a shot, and I missed. And Anthony said, are you going to hit him? <laughs> and so I, I fired my last shot, and he dropped, and uh, he was down. And he, you know, was on his side, just kind of putting his antlers in the ground. And I'm thinking, you know, I wasn't real sure, you know, what exactly had happened. And about five minutes go by, it probably felt like 15 or 20. And just a kid slinging some lead. Yeah. (laughs) He, uh, he, he stood himself up real slow and walked straight across the field down a valley we ended so did up, he walk on the field to the south or the north? He went to, well, west, it would be the west, 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 west that enclosed right. field the one, on the west. Okay, so it wasn't the big field. No. Yeah, so he went walking across that, and it, it drops off pretty hard down there by the river. Yeah. And he walked down, and, you know, I'm not feeling too good at this point about anything being successful. So Would have been re- your biggest buck by far at that point, right? Yeah, 100%. So yeah. we regroup, and uh, we walk over there, and I don't even remember finding any blood or no, or hair, and we, we we were just following tracks at that point from where we went down. But there was another another guy that was in the woods hunting with us who was watching him, you know, on the ground. He could see him, mm-hmm. with, you know, with his antlers in the in the mud, kind of spinning for a few minutes. So make your best guess as you can to, yeah. to what happened that day. You know, we'll clearly never know, but he something something hit him, something put him down, and it seems like with all our like deer that we really chase forever there's always lots of these like well we hit them but we don't know you know and it doesn't end up killing them on the first yeah. try it's kind of what adds to the mystique of hunting so, these deer for year after year after year and but, for a time frame i mean i was 14 years old so to say yeah. how excited i was to be shooting at a buck of the, you know that caliber at that time you know felt like a 200 inch deer I, was that I, the year that you got the picked for that was it mosquito creek for that youth hunt was that before no it was the year before yeah so i just i vague I yeah. mean, I, but that was the same year you shot the buck you did get behind the house no wasn't it no. that was 2008 that was, that the, was next the next year because that's when which I, i'm sure will lead into at some point but following <laughs> up into the next year which we're kind of bypassing pavlik somebody we know piss, picking this one up you can say names <laughs> uh you know, that's when he turned into Freak Daddy when we had all those mature deer on camera that year. That's yeah, why that was... we were hunting so hard that when we both got our big bucks. Yeah, which was a good year. But back to 2007 after Ryan had that encounter. I, I mean, I remember you telling me about it like that. You know, obviously, I don't even know if we had. I don't know if I was allowed to text yet because I was still in high school. So we might have had to call each other for that or like AIM you or something. You had like 500 messages for the whole month. Yeah, like yeah. there was like a, Couldn't waste them. Right. They had other purposes, but... Uh, I remember you telling me about it, and then obviously 
nothing happened. We never saw him here on our farm that year. Um, no, no, you know, no trail camera pictures or nothing. Um, and then uh, a guy we know, like he said, Matt Pavlik, ended up finding that shed to the east of like where you guys were hunting. Not very far to the east, but and he nonchalantly picked it up, you know, good shed and added it to his pile. He didn't know. I don't even think you guys. I mean, how much did you know Matt at that time? I didn't think you knew him that well. We obviously did, but not. He was just, you know, the coolest cat in town. At, yeah, at but time, we weren't we know? weren't hanging out with him a ton then because no. there was a large age gap. She yeah. so started playing cornhole over there. Probably about that time. Yeah, right about that time. Because there is a picture somewhere, and I'll be able to find if I really search, of Matt holding both of those sheds. And that's when we started putting the, you know, the picture together, the pieces together. But, um, you know, for 2007 in the first year, that was it. Not much, you know, a good deer encounter, but a shed, and, you know, we moved on. Until the summer of 2008. And that was when this whole story really started to take off um that antler to the right there that's in front of alex is what he wore that year and everything that took place with this deer and the name and the whole thing all started basically because of anthony's trail camera that he had running behind the house and um, i'll let you guys tell that story because i was kind of on the sideline for that one yeah we were uh well he was checking the trail cameras and you know we're all hovered around the Dell big screen computer <laughs> monitor. monitor. Yeah. It was in like the back laundry room area, right? It was in the, the mud, mud room. room. Mud room, yeah, yeah. You know, running like Windows 97. And he was going through the pictures, and we all seen it kind of at the same time. I'm just like, <laughs> what is that? And I don't know how he came up. He came up with the name Freak Daddy or something. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I don't know who did. came. Yeah, I have no idea. Actually, who you, I'm, I'm it pretty, came from our house, I yeah. know that, but I think he did. I don't really know either way, but it stuck like right now. Like yeah. That, that, it was like yeah. right well, now. Well, this is how long ago this was because I thought Caleb <laughs> thought of the names. No, so. no, no. No, Caleb. I was on the sideline for this. I was, just, it. I was like in awe. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know for a little while until you spilled the beans. Oh, go <laughs> <Ryan>. figure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he came up with the name at something that he would come up with but yeah i just remember us always standing around the computer just looking at that big monitor i remember uh specifically and you'll be able to see this if you're watching the youtube version it'll show all the pictures but it was a white salt block like it was yep. literally like a white yeah. one of those white they're only five dollars now yeah. so i can only imagine yeah. what they were then. it was like three yeah right <laughs> probably just paid us literally salt yeah nacl salt but it worked at that time i mean oh, you yeah. guys that summer, you guys, he wasn't the only deer no. that was worth anything on that camera. He was obviously the biggest one, but there was, I remember five or six other deer that were yeah, obvious shooters all crazy, day. Which yeah. I didn't realize another fella that hunts to the east over there shot another drop tine buck that we had on camera that year as well. Yeah, yeah, but story for another day. Yeah. But so that summer, and, you know, I'll show some of the trail camera pictures on the video because they're. I mean, they're wild. They're awesome. And the, the quality of that camera was pretty good. It was. For yeah, what it was. For, I mean, you could see the velvet hanging off yeah. of it at one point. And yeah. Yeah, it was like hanging down to here. It was, yeah, it was awesome. He had he a couple, couple feet of soybeans hanging off of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just awesome. And, like, so to preface this, too, it's not like you guys had this massive farm that you were running cameras all over on. This is a small right. piece of property. Right. And it's a little ridge top with the mineral lake surrounded by fields, and it's just kind of perfect for funneling deer, but. 
Yeah, so that summer, those pictures, that was something. I don't. I never saw him in Velvet. Anthony, I think you said you I saw did, him a couple yeah. times that year, just out and about doing stuff around your house. Yeah, he, he was out across the open field. It was probably about 200 yards open field across, and he was on the tree line. And, I mean, it, it was so a naked eye. I mean, yeah. it was just, he was so wide. Yeah. And that's why, you know, really, when he turned, when me and a friend of mine were splitting firewood and, and he turned, we're just like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> look at that thing. And then that's when, and then we got the pictures, you know, shortly after that. That was the, that was like the fun time before cell cams and, and text messaging and group chats and all that were like, if someone saw a deer and then you had to talk about it in person and it was like a big deal, like, oh, so-and-so saw that buck here. And it was a huge deal at the time. Cause now it's like, well, yeah, I know where his cameras are and I know this and I know yeah, that it, it takes the fun out of it kind of a little yeah, bit. An hour. Everyone knows about it. Yeah. yeah. But back <laughs> then it was like, oh, Anthony saw a giant deer across the field. Oh, I wonder which one, you know, cause we had no idea at the time what was going on in real time. Cause cell cams were way, way out of the realm at that point. But yeah, I just remember the big blue Yes. Lettering yeah. for the yeah. time and everything <laughs> and the date. I mean, surprisingly good quality pictures out of those cameras. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. So that summer went, obviously, all the sightings uh, on the trail camera. Anthony saw him a couple times. I had never seen him on the hoof. and we, we did a lot of driving then, so we were doing a lot of road driving just like we do now, but we never saw him while we were road scouting at all. I don't remember seeing him. You know, we never got any video of him. We were videotaping here and there, but um, the first – actual on-stand encounter that I know of was mine and it was on October 25th, 2008. I was hunting, we were hunting our farm here. I was in one of our backfields. I was just on the side of a field. Uh, it was just a, one of those perfect October mornings where, or October evenings, you know, probably 40 to 50 degrees. The leaves were still kind of green, but it was, you know, you could feel, uh, like the rut kind of kicking in. You could feel it just felt good. It was one of those days you like being in the woods. I was probably 10 feet off the ground, <laughs> a really cheap tree stand. Um, I had a, I was filming on tape. I was filming, I was actually using, if I remember correctly, I was using Pavlik's dad's camcorder. <laughs> like it was a high eight. You actually had to put a tape in there and the whole nine yards. And it was on some archaic tree arm that I bought. I might've even, I can't remember whose stand I was using because I was too poor to buy anything at the time. I was probably recorded over their family vacation. Oh, something. <laughs> I mean, it was, but I remember. So I remember that night, and it's on video, and the quality's obviously not very good. But I'll be able to pull it up. A bunch of does came out first. It was one of those, you know, the wind must have been great because I had a bunch of deer. You know, I probably wasn't even paying attention to wind back then, but there was a bunch of deer in the field, and a uh, bunch of does, big does, mature does, and th- there was no bucks. I'm just filming away and enjoying myself. And my spot that I was in was actually probably, like, looking back, it wasn't a very good spot. It's where the field narrowed out, but all the deer were coming out of the corner and spending their time in the main portion of the field, and I was just way on the sidelines kind of being a spectator for most of it. And then he came out probably 45 minutes before last light. He came straight from the south right into the field. And it brings something up that I was that I was thinking about while you guys were talking. Every time we saw this deer during hunting season, it seemed like he was doing some type of rutting. You know, he was always right. moving, chasing does, you know, coming to a rattling sequence, or he was always just, he was never just a deer that was lazy out there hanging out, eating in a field. Every time we, you know, all the stories that we're going to tell, including this one, he was on does that night. It was October 25th, so it's kind of early for them to be, 
really dogging does, but this buck was chasing does back and forth across the field. I'm doing my best to try to videotape him. I was probably in a tree that was only this big around too. So like the video was real bad, but <laughs> he was, I, he left the field twice and I, you know, back then I didn't know anything. I'm panicking because this deer bigger than anything I've ever seen is in and out of this field. I knew what buck it was right away. And I was actually amazed that I was seeing him because we had never had him on our side of the township, but he was chasing does. He left, came back out, chasing another doe, left, came back out. And at one point he chased a doe down real quick and he got to 30 yards and it was kind of like real thick. And I'm, you know, very amateur trying to videotape and grab my bow. And I do remember I grabbed my bow and had it full draw, but there was just no way I was shooting. He was only stopped for a couple seconds and then he chased a doe into the woods and it came back out. And eventually I think a doe caught me that night because if you watch the whole video of the hunt, a bunch of the does kind of leave the field and he didn't know what was happening, but they were kind of spooked and then he followed him off and then he took off to the South of the exact way he came following these, this whole herd of does. And that was the only time that I ever saw him. Honestly, that deer, that encounter 1025, 2008 was my only encounter, but, um, obsession was not, would be the word. I think that comes to mind after that. Cause once you see deer like that, it's just, yeah, it's on, it's out of control. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't know anything about hunting back then. We're just putting tree stands up where we see deer and getting in there and not paying attention to the wind, not, you know, cheap camo, not that it matters, but it was a struggle, but it was a lot of fun hunting a deer like that. And we spent a lot of time trying to get him, you know, back on the farm again but we you know that day he you know never got him on trail camera that day we never uh got him on trail camera again that year after that um i think anthony had some encounters then during the season or at least saw him throughout that fall yeah a couple times yeah i seen him one time right off the off the garden where the garden is and on the edge of the field that they didn't end up planting that year yeah so it was just weeds growing and uh I caught a glimpse of him off the deck and I walked over there and he was eating on something in the browsing on something in the mm-hmm. field. And when he saw or heard me or smelled me, or whatever, he started rolling away. And all I could see was <laughs> this yeah. going yeah. through the field, oh, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just, yeah, I, know <laughs> I didn't even see the size of him. All I could see was the antlers like this going, yeah. you know, over the top of the weeds. It's going straight. Hey, he just had a man. I mean, you can see the shed there and then obviously yeah. on this camera angle, you can see the mount back here. His frame was just out of control. I mean, yeah, yeah that year he was, wider his right side like how it is now it wasn't like that yeah, that year yeah. Yeah, he real wide and came out he had more points that year so that 2008 yeah. season he had more like tines and junk and stickers and points and he kind of mellowed out he he had i don't i mean i remember counting the pictures we tried to like between like 21 and 23 points because yeah, he had like a little crazy. one inch drop tine and another bigger drop tine and yeah there was a bunch of points around like his burrs you see or something yeah Something. Tried to grow, broke off. Right, right. But, and the brow time, too. Yep, yeah. He chipped that. But then the year that Luke killed him, which we'll get to that obviously here in a little bit, but he dropped at least 10 points. He was more clean, just 13 pointer that year. But uh, there was just. no other. Yeah, right, just. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> so there's no other hunting encounters that year that I believe. Uh, no, we were pretty limited to our spots that year. And there was a few other guys that on some of the. Pr- property that we could hunt that also hunted it so it was pretty scarce of what we could do you guys did very good that year though on your little small property though yeah you guys killed two bucks that are on the wall right now that year not too far apart fabric 
ground blind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. shot I shot my 8.30 yards from where every picture yeah. we ever had of him that year was from. That'll be – that'll definitely – we'll be able to get those two mounts in here. We'll, we'll talk about that season specifically sometime. Yeah. You guys can tell your two stories. Well, I think that, like, the other thing, too, is just, you know, this was 15 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, just – we – we have no idea. I mean, other people could have had oh, yeah. encounters that they yeah. could be sitting here talking to us about, but yep. we'd have no way of knowing that. Not a clue. Yeah, not a clue. And we, you know, bird seed out of someone's backyard. Oh yeah, and we, we, <laughs> we did not have the resources like we do now. Otherwise, I'm sure right. we would have a much better track record of where this deer was because the amount of different sides of the road oh, and township yeah. that this buck, you know, has been seen on, whether it's trail cameras, hunting encounters, where he was killed. You know? I think there was more. I think there's more people hunting now. And there's more people that are obsessed running cell cams and stuff yeah. now than back then. This deer was able to achieve that size and that age because there was there was a lot of guys hunting. But like I said, one or two trail cameras, what they saw is what they knew was out there. It just seemed like the woods were a little bit less crowded back then overall. I mean, yeah, now, one, it's just crazy yeah. now, obviously. One person we probably should have asked about it, um, Andy Bishop, because he used to hunt pretty hard we always see him in the woods when we used to hunt behind the house back there and i'm sh- sure he's definitely had some encounters so i actually with him. i talked to him last week at the fair and I, he, he has told me so at the end of this podcast we'll go over some of the rumors we've heard over the years and i'll tell his story he, he told me some stories about the deer uh he told me i'm actually a couple years ago but i did see him last week and kind of go over it a little bit but yeah, there was a lot of guys that had encounters, but like I said, back then, you know, no good cell phone cameras. You weren't running cell cams. You know, people weren't videotaping hunts like we are now. So there was just all like, oh, I saw a great buck, and you know. Yeah, the communication wasn't as easy as it is now. And you, yeah. you know, we, I talk to Andy two times a year and hear these stories. So like, you know, <laughs> yeah, a lot can happen outside of those. But um, so that year, I specifically remember, and I know we, so we're. We have debate on whether which which antler was. So you say when you saw him with one antler, it was that antler was on his head. Yeah, I seen him crossing the field, heading away from Shaw Road with this side on. Sometime in January, so probably yeah, still. Yeah, I don't remember the date. Was, it was after but... you killed your buck, though. Obviously. Well, then. So it had to be early a... February sometime. Sh- yeah, because it was January twenty six, two thousand nine, when I shot it. Yeah, yeah. No one's... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so you saw him with one antler on, so we knew it was time to start shed hunting. And back then, I mean, I didn't, I shed hunted a lot, but I didn't find nearly as many sheds as we find now. I mean, you can see the wall back there now, but like none of those sheds up there are from then. <laughs> but somehow or another, on Valentine's Day, I stumbled across that antler right there, um, just outside of our property, our neighbor's property that we were allowed to be on. And it was literally just laying in on a trail. There was a muddy trail through a swampy area. And it was laying right in the middle of the trail. There's no way you could walk down it without stumbling on it, just laying there. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just, you know, you're looking down at that thing like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I remember. And, and that just it. added to the story. And now it's like, you know, we got to kill this deer. Someone has to kill this deer. Well, this um, also goes back to, you know, where we were at, how long ago this was. And right. not knowing, like, where this deer would have it's we had nothing that said that you were going to find this where you found it. Right. Yeah. Could I mean, found I this five so miles. Away. I found, I did find it in between where I saw him and your guys' property. So like where my encounter was and where your guys' property was, this, this shed was literally directly in between the two. But I mean, 
and that other antler, we searched for that other antler. Oh yeah, we high and low for, ye- for for years too. So <laughs> not even that year, like the next year, I was looking for that antler. Right. The only thing I can think, I mean, there's a million places it could have been, and obviously, no one that we know found it. So it could be sitting in some guy's shelf somewhere for all we know, but yeah, we don't know that it was found. Down the creek or something. Yes, carried away. Well, there was animal. one, a couple. So it was like maybe five years after he dropped it, Spaniel did find a just a main beam. So it was just like a curled portion of a main beam that was like beer can sized in that back field on the corner of our property, all the way up top in the back. He did find it had been run over by a plow and like it was all chewed up. But like he did find a big main beam. There's nothing to say it was that deer, but it's sickening to think that that was that shed that it was laying right there the whole time. And then we (laughs) we got ran over by the farmer, but no one ever found that shed to our knowledge. And then, 2009 comes around and I got my only trail camera picture that I ever got of him. I think it was like May 14th or May 17th. It was right around Ethan's birthday. So yeah, it was right early May and he, and I'll be, I'll be able to show the pictures on the video, but you can see them out behind me. He had his brow times and his kickers and his main beams already in May. And that's just, you know, he was so far advanced for May that I couldn't believe it. Every other buck was just nubs, you know, maybe four or five inches of antler at the most. But most deer were just nubs. There were some deer that still had their antlers on their head. And he was already at his ears and had, you know, eight-inch brow times. And obviously, and it was in the same field where I had my encounter uh, the October before that. But after that, I never got another trail camera picture. You guys never, never got did. a trail no. camera picture that year. I mean, nothing. He he kind of disappeared from our radar yeah, that low. entire summer. Like He was just gone. You know, you guys were running cameras in the same places. I ran a camera in that spot where I got a picture of him all year and just nothing happened. We found out later to our east, uh, there's a family that we became friends with. Their dad had a bunch of trail camera pictures of him and in velvet. So I think I remember like seeing like one or two in velvet, one or two not in velvet. And they were just like pictures of a picture sent to me years later after, I think it was right when you killed him is when they sent yeah. it somewhere around that time. But Thanks. so he might've shifted his summer range to the East a little bit, which is kind of weird, but I mean, I'm sure he was still kind of feeding in the same area, like around where your guys' property is. We just, you know, mm-hmm. he just wasn't visiting that lick for whatever reason, or when yeah. he did, the camera was dead or or whatever, but no one, you no, know, no one in our main group had any pictures of him that year. I do believe there is a story from Joe about him having a hunting encounter with him that season. Yeah, I mean, if you if you remember the story, you can kind of paraphrase. It, I don't want to paraphrase because I don't want to incorrectly. I'm sure at some point he'll be here on the podcast. Yeah, but doing I'm something. I'm almost positive that he had one encounter with him where. Yeah, I mean, I I don't doubt it whatsoever. And he, I talked to him at the fair this year, too, a little bit. He came over and was looking at all the deer, like, oh, I recognize that one. I recognize that one. So at some point, I'm sure he'll come. We'll get him in here to talk about some of these stories. But, yeah, that summer he was just gone. You know, we knew he was alive, but no one got any trail camera pictures. And, uh, you know, the whole summer went by until the rut. And the rut rolled around. And you and Jay both had an encounter on the same day here on our farm. Jay's not involved in this podcast, but I do have video of Jay talking about his encounter. So I'll splice that in right around now and he can tell his story and then we can get to your version of it because you were there, obviously. Right. 
Uh, I would say Jay's encounter potentially was more involved than mine. I think they were both. I mean, he just caught glimpses. Mine was kind of late as as he was on the south to the south of where I was hunting uh, on the the other side of a ravine, maybe 80, 90 yards. And he was on a quick run to the east. And I mean, it was pretty evident when you see a deer like that and you're, you're familiar with what you're hunting and what we're looking at that I, I, you know, saw freak daddy and we, we had not seen him, you know, we weren't aware of him. We haven't had a picture of him since May. We haven't seen him in over a year at this point from a hunting encounter. Yeah. And you know, them five, six, seven seconds that he went running across that ridge before he, you know, left my eyesight. Were you hunting Anthony's stand? I don't believe so. Cause I was on the f- farther Southeast side of the farm. Because I thought, I thought you might've been in where Anthony had his stand in the pine trees there. I can't remember. Maybe though. I was in that. Cause tree Jay stand. was farther down, like towards where I found the shed. Kind of, he was closer to where if I found the shed. We did this podcast 10 years ago. I'd probably remember. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> 10 years. And I 10, remember 10,000 beers ago. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching <laughs> on that side of the Valley, but you know, I came in pretty shook. Um, you know, we, you know, we all came back and started talking about the hunt and, uh, you know, sure as shit, you know, the other guy that's sitting in the same side of the woods as me. Yeah. Got to have the same encounter. So we both understood the caliber of deer that we saw. We were pretty sure who we saw and yeah, we were pretty excited about it. Yeah. And then December 6th, right? It was a sixth or fifth. I don't think it was, I think it was a fifth. Somewhere like around this, there. Uh, yeah. I don't know for sure. All I know is that it was Sunday of deer season, 2009. Yeah. I was sleeping. I think we'd probably partied the night before. I'm assuming we partied the night before. Possibility. And I was watching football at mom and dad's. I was laying on a recliner, just done. I was like, not involved with hunting whatsoever that day. Uh, Cause it was warm and it was Sunday. I remember it being, it was warm, very warm that day for some reason. Like yeah. It was hot. Like it wasn't just like 40, degrees. it was like 50 or 60 degrees. It's not a good day to go deer hunting really, but it was the last day of gun season. And I wasn't old enough to, I don't think I bow hunted that year you probably weren't even pulling a bow back at that at that time yeah i think the next year was like the first year i started bow hunting but like i was just dragging dad out every chance i got me and ethan and isaac and just we were doing all sorts of hunting all all year like all gun season and i was like last day we gotta go and i go out and yeah, you it's were like going the craziest to, hunt ever you were going to the one of my stands ever. i remember specifically yeah and it was, I think it was a stand. It might have been the stand you were in now that I'm thinking about the corner of that field, like in, yeah. that, in that corner. Well, leading up to it, it was one of those things where, you know, your last day of gun season, you kind of burn out. It's a warm day, but it's one of those things yeah. where, you know, if you're not out there, you can't get them. So I think it was about halftime during football and we had a couple hours left and started getting into motions and starting making sure we're doing what we got to do. And Luke and his dad and Isaac started heading out. And uh, I was a little bit delayed behind him. I was getting in my car to head back to my house and, and go hunt something on the uh, the other side of the town. And I heard the shots that Luke fired off. And I remember actually walking to my car, good old Grand Am, and uh, saying out loud, I bet Luke just shot a doe. And yeah, so, I think I remember hearing the shots, too, because you weren't far. I mean, you were no, from where we're sitting Right now, by the house. What, 150? Yeah. 200 yards from where we're actually sitting yeah. now. And then obviously mom and dad's a couple hundred yards down, but so I get in the car and I drive a mile down the road. I start putting on some gear and uh, my phone it's, it's showing downloading image. Cause that's what 
old flip phones used to do. Yeah. There was actually a bar. It was like a 10 minute time period. It was, an exciting like, oh, it was an exciting thing when your flip phone was so. downloading an image, just so you know. So I flipped it open and saw a very granular photo of what was sure to be the deer that. Yeah, that. This deer. Yeah. That, and that uh, I called Isaac, and, and I'll never forget his squeaky voice. It's him. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> and so I quickly forgot about the hunt that I was just about to get out in the woods for and drove about 106 miles an hour back the mile. You know what's something that will always impress me about this story is I live a mile away away and I just got the information and I pull up and our friend Dylan's brother Donnie who lives on the other side of town about 20 minutes away had already made his way to the lake. Spaniel, Donnie was yeah. already there. Spaniel did too. Yeah. Like I pulled up there. I couldn't believe anyone's there. There was 10 vehicles and 100 yeah. people all hugging Must Luke. Have had bad service. Got the picture late. <laughs> I, I mean, just, it, yeah. the, the irony of just thinking Luke was walking out there, firing off at a doe in the middle of gun season. And walking last to your day stand. Gun what time was it, you think? It was 2, Th- yeah, it was two half 13 or like 2.15 or 2.30, something yeah. like that. I remember like it was in between 2 and 2.30. Yeah. So it was kind of you go to woods kinda now? early. After lunch. What time you go to the woods now after <laughs> lunch? For gun season? <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, we're deer driving by that point. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're not yeah, even. Never. We're not even. It's Sunday of gun season. We're not even gun doing season, this stuff. Bow season, whichever. <laughs> I'm usually duck hunting during. Uh, I mean, the story's pretty all simple. The important you, stuff. You you just simply walked up on him bedded. Yeah, it's the, the mean, craziest there, thing there, that I've never. No, you know, unfortunately, there's no like. Oh, I rattled him, or I watched him come across a field, or you know, all this. Like, nope, he walked up on him bedded on his way to his stand, and the deer just got cornered. Yeah, the deer. Was, he just got cornered. I was walking to the tree stand. And I just, I look over from the side of the trail and there's like a little bedding area, which we assumed was a bedding area. We didn't know. There's anything. been some sheds found in there. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot, it, it, you know, it's, it's got a good view of the houses and the roads and there's yeah. three cat. You can see three cabins from where that is. Yeah. And it's just like the little spot. And I just look over and like that deer's just standing five feet away from me. Five feet, like <laughs> five feet, guys. Like five feet. Those guys across the camera from me from are farther away right from yeah. you than that deer was from me. And like, I just shot three times as fast as I could with a, my dad's Mossberg 500. I'd even take my 20 gauge. Yeah, that I wanted been, to take if the you would have gauge. taken your 20 gauge, it would have been it could have been disaster. Like you would have to at least been. aim. But. Yeah. So I will say, I mean, at this moment in time, you know, in between him shooting and texts and calls firing off and people gathering together to for the moment i mean there's there's a lot of emotions and i would say our family was probably be the most emotionally attached to that deer outside of you know potentially the simons and to be able to have someone that i consider a brother of mine be able to harvest that deer and us be able to come together and live through that together was probably one of the coolest things that we'll ever talk about hunting the cool thing is, it was back when you had to go and get it checked in at an yeah. egg station. Like so, we that, took it and had to take was, it. We yeah. took it all so, the way to the fin. Yeah, because they had the con- so the fin feather fur held a contest every year. Yep. I don't know if it was like coolest picture, biggest buck, or you just like vote on the big buck or whatever. But you did win, right? I won. You yeah. won a gun in that. I won a gift card. A gift card that and you used dad for bought. A gun. Another Mossberg 500. <laughs> We're just piling right. up the Mossberg. So we got a bunch of Mossberg 500s. <laughs> I killed a lot of deer with a Mossberg. Oh 500. yeah, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, for sure. A lot. But yeah, I mean, that was it. Was a pretty fun time. I I do remember just the whole everything about it was fun. Um, 
You it's, think he watched still, you the whole way, like coming all the way? Or I how bet, long do you think he watched you he for? He probably saw me for a hundred yards. As soon as you at walked least. out of the house. I mean, as soon as I crested the hill at the lake, which is like halfway to the tree stand, so he had to have gotten up or at least watched me walk for quite a while for probably a couple minutes. It makes you think how many times he hung tight in that. Like, so let's just say he used that bedding area in the past. I mean, how many times have we walked by there or been up at the lake screwing around and he just sat in that bedding area and just watched, watched us? Because he yeah. could watch the lake. and Yeah, he I mean, knew. He could watch the lake. He could watch the road. We spent a lot of time at the lake back then. It was more than we do now. And, yeah, I mean, he was bedded right there. Crazy. It was really cool to put, you know, a stamp on the final chapter yeah. of that buck, you know, without. Yeah, that was a good No idea. one would have harvested that deer. Or no one would have found that set of sheds or. It just kind of would have been something that went to the unknown, and I don't there's, think any yeah, of us would have been able to sleep at night knowing what right. happened to that deer, but <laughs> we don't have to worry about yeah. that. Yeah, or some city guy came in and shot it. That's been happening, too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah more, podcast, more recent. That's now, a but... podcast for another day, but <laughs> we could definitely talk about that at some point. But... That wasn't really much of a thing then, though. No, there was no outfitters then, that's for sure. And now you know no one was leasing land. leasing and outfitters people that knew people well there's a lot of talk about how like a deer like this is the reason why there's leasing and outfitters now you know right. something like this gets killed and i had to look it up because it, it has shifted in the rankings at one point it was like the seventh biggest deer in medina county but i think it's like 12th or 13th yeah. now 11 12 13 somewhere around there there's been some big ones killed since that's with buckeye big buck club so it's ambiguous you know the other scoring systems there i don't think there's a way to look up on the other scoring systems where it ranks per county in each state but for our county in ohio it's it was top 10 now it's just outside the top 10 which is you know awesome but i mean there was a and once you killed him this this last section of the podcast i wanted to go over like once you killed him the rumor mill started going so Mm -hmm. you killed him rumors started flying everywhere um, there was a lot of guys that said they saw him, that they shot at him. Andy Bishop's story was that he saw him. I think Andy had already tagged out. So I think Andy's story, if I remember, if I get my guys correct, Andy's story was that he had already shot a buck that year and he was just out during either late archery or during gun season hunting. And, you know, freak daddy came by within range and bedded down a couple different times in front of him. And he, had, he was tagged out. He already had a buck, so he couldn't shoot him. And, you know, that was laying in front of him, you know, however many yards away. <laughs> yeah. and he was unable to take a shot. Um, there were some other guys in it that I know it said that they had at least shot at him. Yeah. And the stories come out more. Yeah. You know, we start hearing, we start running to someone and they say, oh, I shot at that buck or saw it. And Yeah. And, you know, without, without videoing hunts and without trail cameras and good cell phones anymore, for someone to say they saw that buck and shot at him back then, I mean... Yeah, it's hard to say. To say. Time Take it with a grain of salt. Because there was other deer running around at that time with drop tines and big, you know, that was back when there was actually really big deer all over the place. Yeah. And he yeah. was, you know, I, I would like to say that this is the biggest deer that we ever chased over there in, in this area, but I'm pretty sure there were some bigger deer in that area over the years that we saw at a distance in the field, summer feeding. I mean, there were some giant Giant yeah, that deer. Time back frame was out of control. Like a couple years before, they really just turned yeah. on because five years before that, you were lucky to see a deer. Right. Yeah. And then it there was that big boom. And I remember there was some. You know, we did some velvet. We we would drive around in the summertime and just videotape out of the back of the truck every single night. Yeah. 
and there was some really, really big deer back then that we never, you know, got on trail camera or saw while hunting because they lived maybe a mile this way or a mile that way. But there was a lot of huge deer back then. Yeah, it basically went from like West Virginia bucks yeah. to Iowa bucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then back to like we're we're like at Ohio bucks now. Like it's not yeah. bad now. It's still good, but. 2007 through 2012 or 13 basically i mean he died in 2017 hook did that was the end of like the really big ones that was the last giant giant buck that we had around here yeah that area 2007 to 2009 man ton of bucks good ones yeah i think it started probably about uh what was it 2005 2004 maybe they started growing yeah and you know maybe that was Part of it might be, and we can take a deep dive into what we think, but part of it might be the fact that we just started getting the ability to have better trail cameras to put out and spend a little time looking at the fields. Like, those bucks might have been there before, but when you only get 30 pictures on a roll of film and raccoons are 27. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was shooting them, though. That's so, true. That's true. Yeah. And we, have, we, you know, I we know... have, like, a time lapse of deer racks in <laughs> his gun room. We're like That's true. His, that one buck that you got mounted... Was was small. Yeah, it yeah. was like basket six. But was that like your first buck or? Yeah, I mean, my dad's biggest deer was like a seven point from back in the ni- when he was a, hunting in the nineties. You know, like he's got a couple nine points that were. Yeah, they just kept getting a little bit bigger every year from then on, and mm-hmm. that time big so, body deer too. They were yeah. big body deer. I don't know. Maybe I mean. That's a debate for another day on why all of a sudden there was just giants. Well, the regulations or... were different. When I started hunting when I was nine, you could only shoot bucks. So, yeah. Everything. Yeah. And that was right. Regulations completely changed since then. You know, it's weird. You couldn't shoot does back then. And then, you know, they allowed the shooting of does. So the bucks started getting bigger because more people were shooting does for me. It seems like there's a lot more guys now that don't shoot does at all just because they only want to eat one deer. If the, they get one deer turned into jerky and it yeah, costs them five hundred bucks yeah. and they're done for the year, so they only <laughs> yeah, shoot a buck. Eat it, right, like, I mean, real yeah. meat. The mu- the cost of the processing is yeah, what's hurting us get right all now. All jerky and beef sticks. Yeah, trail blown. So they're not going to shoot three does, you know, because they don't want to pay for it. Yeah. They don't want to waste it. Well, so. not a lot of people buy quarter cow or half yeah. a cow and quarter pig, half pig, whole yeah. pig. So they might have a lot of meat in their freezers already. So yeah, or the wife's might. Not like to eat the deer meat because they need, they need to learn how to cook their pet. <laughs> they need to learn how to cook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now we're dealing with a lot of stuff that makes the deer not get to that size. I mean, your guys' neighbor killed what twenty six deer last year, twenty five deer, twenty five bucks because he's a giant outfit. It was yeah. it was like twenty five like or twenty seven. Yeah, they're let's just say the amount of them that were mature, <sighs> maybe one, maybe two. That number I don't is very know low. He, I don't know if he listens to our podcast, but I'll find out now. I'm sure he'll listen to this <laughs> one. I'll find out now if he yeah, does. We'll but know. Yeah, so there's an outfitter now that... Well, then maybe he might start feeling some pressure to do things the right way. No. Allowed 20 plus bucks to be killed last year in our area, and only out of the ones they, you know, maybe he didn't post them all on the internet, but if I'm an outfitter, I'm going to post my biggest bucks on the internet. There was maybe two over 130 the rest, all 20-plus, were yeah, under 130 inches. stipulation was supposed to be 
eight point or bigger and a decent size eight point. That was from that, what I was told. Not anymore. That factually did not happen because <laughs> I seen the bucks that were posted and well, ground shrinkage is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from, from a and ground blind. It, there's nothing illegal about it, so we can't really say anything. No, but no. you know, when your neighbor's killing twenty plus bucks and twenty plus of those bucks are under 130 inches. It's kind of hard to grow deer like that again. So Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it does to the population around there. Yeah, I mean, I, th- to be honest with you, right now, this year, without giving too much away, like we're pretty good. Like yeah. I'm pretty happy with what's yeah. on camera and what we've been seeing in Velvet. So maybe it's forcing the deer off of that property for the most part. Yeah, because he's back there doing stuff all the time, moving stands. and yeah, At and least from... What you see on Facebook and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all public. I mean, to where they never had that pressure before. Yeah, that I guess that was something that wasn't talked about. This farm that was by you guys, and, you know, we're giving away a lot right now. But yeah. it doesn't matter because you can pay 1750 bucks a hundred if you want. <laughs> or more. <laughs> or more. Depending on the day. Yeah, for probably, what, 10 years, you'd say? 15 years? Had zero hunting pressure. Uh Probably, more than that. probably longer than that. Maybe even longer. Well, this Zero is like hunting pressure, and that's what Almost a thousand acres, too, right? Deer like that yeah. was running around that area. That was running around that area. And it just allowed some deer to get to age. And lately, that hasn't been happening here because a lot of deer are getting killed at a very young age because people are paying 1750 bucks and making... He justifies it by saying he's making memories amongst families. Yeah. And... Yeah. and Stuff. Well, plus and we I had, get, I, you know, I get that, but <clears throat> it doesn't help the locals. There's at circumstances, all. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Not plus we had other. Now you're an outfitter. Plus we had other hunters that were killing anything. If it was brown, it was down. Yeah. Right after, during the freak daddy, yeah, breeding air in a time. Yep. Where, how many, how many button bucks got? Yeah, taken out that offspring. Uh, Gu- guilty offspring. of killing a no, couple. I, sh- I shot one myself. <laughs> yeah, then, so. yeah. uh, unfortunately, uh, guilty. Actually, of killing I think a couple me, those, Caleb, but... and uh, Chad did it on the same day last and year. We, you know, and it wasn't always. It wasn't done maliciously, but sometimes in late season, you shoot a deer and you walk. You kill a button buck at our property last year. That's by what the I way. said. <laughs> I think me, you, and Chad did it on the same day. We did, but mine weren't from here. But it was accidental. But. <laughs> it was miscommunication. Yeah. Most of my button bucks were down south. I had a spotter, and my button buck still ended up being a button buck. Yeah. He swore it was not a button. Technically, buck. you were my spotter too, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Technically, I was. There was a you big know, I was. I was forty-seven was miles it last away. Year, but, the year before. Oh yeah, that that was two real years big ago. Button buck. Shed yeah, buck. Nick. Yeah, Nick Schlau <laughs> shot this giant doe. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say. <laughs> I'll say it. Shot a giant doe that had holes on his head this big. Yeah. <laughs> Because he had already shed his antlers, so who knows what well, deer yeah. that was. That wasn't here either, though, so yeah. we're lucky there. But <laughs> way it goes. Yeah, I mean, we're at 46 minutes, so we can kind of wrap this one up if you guys want. If there's any yeah, final thoughts on this particular deer, or if there's any, you know, I've already decided I want to do a podcast on your guys' two bucks from 2008 because it was just perfect. Three, How many acres is it over there? Three. Three acres, and they killed 230-plus-inch bucks. Yeah. a month of each other it's pretty cool oh, yeah the sheets out too yeah it's pretty cool your track job was the first fun track oh job that ever. was the best that kind of like i think <laughs> part, part really... of my life was influenced by that night yeah like, honestly like we decided <laughs> let's just grab beers and flashlights and like alex thinks he killed this buck yeah, and, yeah no one believed me <laughs> and we just decided to go out in the snow and track this buck and it was just awesome 
Yeah, it was. And we've been perfect. doing it ever ever since we've done it. We do for does now. Ah, that's a doe. Who cares? Let's grab some beers. Right. <laughs> so the lights. <laughs> let's just go in the woods at night because that's fun. But yeah. that track time was out. awesome. It was awesome. I wish I was video. We took a lot of pictures, but there's no video. I wish I just, it's a shame we didn't have video that night. (laughs) Thank God I did not have a track job on mine because. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll save those details. Yeah. There'll be a podcast of the the twin eight points, but because those deer we're just rambling now, but it's okay. Those deer I had on camera. So I didn't have a ton of the bucks you guys had on camera that year, but I had those two kind of regular in the summertime. And then you guys killed them on your property. I don't know how far away you guys technically are. A mile, three quarters of a can't, mile. Can't be more oh. than a mile. Yeah, mileish. But well, as a bird flies, yeah. crow flies, crow flies, crow flies. Yeah, amateur podcast. Birds around. Yeah, you've flown your drone over here before. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need I, you to take some B-roll with your drone. By the way, any video you can would be great to have. Yeah, I need to fly it anyway. Yeah, so. just for fun. Just go out and fly around. I'd say my fly biggest... around the Outfitters property. You can't stop you. Just go down yeah, there and yeah. just check it, check it out. <laughs> see, see big yellow spots. Yeah, what's that? My biggest uh, curiosity about Freak Daddy though would have been just what was his home basis? What? Because well, it changed. So you know, let's, it just seemed ever revolving. It's a perfect segue. So we thought we knew what we knew, and you know, there was rumor. Speaking of rumors, there were some guys that were hunting, and we don't know them very well, but they were hunting to the west of you guys, down off of, like, the next road over. They said they saw them all the time for a couple of years. Like, they would do deer. They're not bow hunters, so they're gun hunters. So every gun season, they'd be doing deer drives, and they said they'd push them out every year in that area. And so that'd be relatively close to where I shot them. Yes, the first. Yep. So. so, you know, who knows? But ironically, we have a deer on camera now. So there's this deer that we had on, on trail camera here at our farm a week ago. And it's a very distinctive deer. He's got split G3s, like dual split G3s. So it, it's a very obvious deer. We got him on camera here. Our buddy got him on camera a little over a mile away, like a week ago. And then last night, Ethan videotaped him from his truck 2.76 miles away. <laughs> in the summer. We're talking in the summertime, this buck is feeding in a bean field. Almost three miles away from where we were getting trail camera pictures of him. So, I mean, to assume we know anything about what these deer are doing and their range and their home is just asinine. Because something like that happens and it throws a monkey wrench in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see a deer three miles away, it gives you a possibility you could shoot it here or wherever, you know. Yeah. Well, it's like that 10 point last year. I was all the way at his house. It came all the way to my spot. Ryan was watching that 10 point while he was getting dressed in the morning and drinking his coffee before work every day. Eating out of my garden. Yeah. You were getting him on camera. How many miles away? I think it was like two and a half. Well, straight is like one, three, one and a half, but there's about 400 houses in between. So that's another thing. 400 houses, but how many hunters? Corn piles. Food plants, just as tree as stands. Was yeah. in between us. Yeah. And so Alex is devoting his life to try to kill this buck, and Ryan's just watching him while he brushes his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> same I time for same line time. I could hunt. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's back this year. I already got him. It's just crazy. <laughs> so. You know, the, to think that we're going to run three miles is exhausting, but I don't think it matters to a deer at all. Yeah, you're no. just walking. You know, th- the three miles. You know, so when we go on our out of state hunts, Three miles is nothing. You drive like you drive for four minutes down a gravel road. You went three miles. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, feel like you've gone that far because you're in these you big walk woods. A mile in what 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, Not but here the, the problem with here is when you drive for 
15 to 20 minutes or you drive three miles, you pass 20 guys, you know, that are hunting. Yeah. You know, they, they got a like, elevated blind off the right. back of their playhouse. So you got to think that deer, <laughs> that deer is moving through all those guys setups at some point during the day or night, every year, every day, like, man, what a daunting task. And somehow you ended up killing that deer. Yeah. In the most unexpected way. Right. It's not like <laughs> it was not textbook at all. You, you no. can do everything you want to do, but there's still going to be yeah. a little bit of luck. Yep. Luck, I think, plays the biggest factor in all this, Maybe. to tell you the yeah, truth. Just right place, right time. Yeah. Well, I guess that's about all we got for this one. Yeah. I'm pretty satisfied with it. 52 minutes. We finally were able to put something together for Freak Daddy. I never made a film, you know. Yeah. The encounter that i had and some stuff has been in some other films pieces and parts but we never did a definitive thing on freak daddy but this is this ended up being the best way i think to talk about it so yeah with not a lot of actual role of it right more pictures than anything it would have been a struggle to try to put something together play over top of all the pictures would probably be the best way to do it yep a good way to add to it i agree so that's that. Thank you guys for coming on. I'm sure we'll have yeah. you. Your wife doesn't think you're going to be on this podcast yeah. a lot, but we're going to have you guys on plenty. I'm yeah. sure. We need a Snapchat of this right now. So. I already sent her. So I sent her a Snapchat. <laughs> well, her, I sent her a Snapchat of the setup earlier, and I got no reply. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> she there. knew what I was doing. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. The name of my podcast. I will have my own featured podcast this year. It's going to be called the Redemption Podcast, and it's going to be called Fuck Nick Schlau. Yeah, yeah. So we're allowed to say fuck after the 15 minute mark, and we. He went all the way to 53 minutes without saying fuck, right. so we did okay. Then I'll double you told Nick Schlau, being very fucking professional. Yeah, so you told, you told Nick Schlau 130 inches or bust last year, and you shot 107 well, no. buck, and he has reminded you of it I don't think I actually since. guaranteed a size last year for the buck I may or may not harvest. I said that it had a ceiling, or I'm sorry, a floor of 120 inches, and I was off by a hair. A lot. And then it, Let's the call old, it a hair. The only, and it wouldn't have mattered at all if he didn't kill a 140 on like the last day of the season so. yeah that doesn't count <laughs> yeah, he, no. he was this but you shot yours with a real bow at least yeah i shot two bucks with a bow last year technically <laughs> technically all right deer shot podcast is going to be out on that one thank you guys for watching hope you enjoy the story of the biggest deer that we ever seen hunted heard yeah. about had in the area <laughs> or anything yeah thank you guys cheers yeah, thanks for cheers. having us yep. thanks